0: some time uh, anticipating the arrival of Jesus, and this year we're going to be doing it through the eyes of Joseph. So, um, just to kind of back up a little bit and just remind you, I'm sure you know this, but the Christmas story that we celebrate with our children and with the manger and all that is sort of a, a mishmash of the story from Matthew and the story for Luke. So, the Christmas story that we think of comes from part Matthew, part Luke. Luke's got the shepherds and the angelic choirs. Matthew's got the wise men. So the other two gospels, Mark and John, don't even talk about the birth. Mark starts at the baptism of Jesus, right? And John does his whole own thing, and he starts at the beginning of time. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, right? So, John does his own thing. So, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we have the three, what they call, synoptic gospels because they follow roughly the same, same storyline. Now, um, each one has some u- material that's unique to that gospel, and then some of them have some material that is in all three, and then there's some that's in two. So they follow these. Now, Matthew, we're going to talk a little bit about the Gospel of Matthew because we're going to be in Matthew for the next few weeks. So Matthew is the most Jewish of the four Gospels. And it is believed that it was actually written to a Jewish audience. And so in the Gospel of Matthew, depending upon how you count them, there are 10 to 14 fulfillment prophecies. And there's 10 that actually have the word fulfill. And it sounds something like this. All of this took place to fulfill what the prophet had said. And then he goes to an Old Testament quote. And so um, the the gospel of Luke tells the birth of Jesus primarily through the eyes of Mary. Um, Matthew tells the birth of Jesus uh, primarily through the eyes of Joseph. So what do we know about Joseph? Not a lot. I mean, what we do know of Joseph, we kind of have to to read uh, between the lines on. So we're going to be looking at Christmas through the eyes of Joseph, so we're going to have to do some reading between the lines on some things. So one thing that we do know about Joseph is that he was a carpenter. And where does that come from? comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the 13th chapter, verses 54 and 55. He is Jesus here. He came to his hometown and began to teach the people in their synagogue so that they were astounded and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these deeds of power? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? different Judas. So this story of Jesus coming to his hometown <clears throat> and people going, who is this guy? How does he have this power and authority? That's, that's the carpenter's kid. Um, it's on all three of the Gospels. Now, interestingly in Mark, same story. Jesus shows up in his hometown and the people are astonished. Who is this? Where does this man get this authority? Isn't he the carpenter? So in Matthew, we see that Joseph is the carpenter. And so in Mark, we see that Jesus is seen as a carpenter in his own hometown. So we can discern that Joseph is a carpenter and that Joseph has passed on his trade to Jesus. So we know he's a carpenter, and um, we we know that he passed his trade on to Jesus. So in in Scripture, they're called tectons, which actually means uh, craftsman. But most of the houses were made from stone back then, and they had a different word for a stonemason, for a stone builder. So, tecton is where we get carpenter, and then there's an architecton, which was a a master builder, and that's where we get the term architect from. But Jesus and Joseph were tectons. They were were craftsmen or carpenters, and they would have worked with wood. And they would have been the builder of the doors that go in the stone wall. They would have been builder of furnitures, uh, chairs, those sorts of things. That's, That's what they were about, that's what they were building. So there's a lot of debate about how old actually Joseph was. Some scholars believe that he was an older man, like in his like, 30s or 40s. That's really old, right? <clears throat> um, but let's remember, Mary was about 14. So um, there's some speculation that maybe his wife had died, and he brought a family into his marriage with Mary. But there are other scholars that think that he was more of a marrying age, You know, would have been in the 18 to 20 range. The truth is we really don't know how old Joseph was. So you can make Joseph however old you want to in your own head and it's okay because we don't really know how old Joseph was. So what else do we know about Joseph? Because the truth is, he disappears in Scripture after the birth of Jesus. He is not called out by name. Now, you might be thinking about the story in Luke where Jesus got left behind, and he's not called out by name. It's just the parents realized he wasn't there. So we can assume that Joseph was there, maybe. But then he's gone. And he's certainly not around for the crucifixion, those sorts of things. So we don't really know where Joseph has gone off to. But what we do know about Joseph, the Scripture says he was a righteous man. He was a God-fearing man, and he was perceived as righteous, clearly by God, but also by the community. We also know that he showed mercy to Mary when he had a right not to. And we'll talk some more about that next week. But we know that when he had an opportunity to be harsh, he chose mercy. Is that me? Awesome. So we also know that by naming Jesus, Joseph became the adoptive father of the Son of God. No pressure. You're the adoptive father of the savior of the world. I mean, Mary just had to have the baby. You gotta be the dad to the savior of the world. Can you imagine how that felt? I mean, my first child came into the world, I was 25, 26 years old, and they let me take it home. And I just scoured everything they sent me home with, looking for an owner's manual, and I couldn't find it. I mean, how did Joseph feel about being the adopted father to the Savior of the world? No pressure. But we do know that Jesus had a relationship with Joseph. Just like you. You have a relationship with your father, your earthly father. And I know that our relationships with our fathers are all over the place. And I know that some of us may not even know who our earthly father is, or biological father anyway. And we talked a few weeks ago about my experience in seminary where some women that were friends of mine had fathers that were abusive alcoholics. And they preferred to think of God as mother because their mother really more symbolized the way they wanted to have a relationship with God. So we know that Jesus had a relationship with his earthly father and that he had a relationship with his heavenly father. And so do you. In the relationship that Jesus has with Joseph, we see his humanness. Our faith, is the only faith that makes this claim that God climbed into the womb of a woman to be born just like you. God was born just like you. God learned to walk and to talk just like you. This same God lived his life. He had a trade. He had a job just like you. And he died just like you will. What a claim. That the Savior of the world is one of us. Jesus is fully human and fully divine. And so... Joseph had a relationship with Jesus. We we can deduce that he learned to be a carpenter from his dad. I I wonder what else Joseph taught Jesus. I mean, I wonder if when Jesus was a little kid, did Joseph have to spank the Savior of the world? I don't want to be the one that does that. I mean, we think of Jesus as having been without sin, right? Um, but that, does that mean that he didn't act up as a little child? I don't know. I wonder how Joseph handled that. I wonder, I wonder what it is that we learned from Jesus that Jesus learned from Joseph. Joseph. Maybe that part where he told us to do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. Maybe Jesus learned that from Joseph. Maybe Joseph taught him those words. Or maybe it was the way Joseph just lived his life. I mean, Jesus' willingness to, to sit and eat with sinners, is that something that he perhaps learned from Joseph? I don't know, but I do know that Jesus' life was affected by his relationship with his earthly father. So are, are we. We are affected by that relationship. Not only that, but we affect how our children see god so dads and granddads no pressure it is through our relationship with our children that our children begin to understand about the relationship to their heavenly father and i don't know about you but i know for a fact i don't always get it right This is also not something that is exclusively the territory of men. Mothers also affect how their children have a relationship with God, how they see that. But we as dads have a big impact. There was a study that came out in the early 2000s that that said that if a mother came to Christ and began an active faith life, 17% of the time, her family would follow with her in those footsteps. And that same study showed that when a father came to Christ, the family followed 93% of the time. So dads, you've got a big impact on how your children understand their relationship with God. So my question for you today is, how are you doing with that? The truth of it is, whenever we baptize a child in here, all of you make a promise to help lead that child into a life of faith. So it's not the exclusive territory of fathers. Big impact for sure. Big impact by parents. But we as followers of Jesus can be an example for the young people in the life of this church, for your nieces, for your nephews, for your neighbors. How are you doing with that? Do people see in you parts of Jesus, maybe parts of Joseph, by the way you act, by the way you live out your faith? We can have a huge impact on the lives of the people around us by the way we live our lives. We can all be an example of Christ's love and grace for the world. And look, the truth of it is, none of us have been asked to be the adoptive father of the savior of the world. But you can make an impact you can make an impact on those around you by the way you speak, by the things that are important in your lives, by the things you do. How are you doing with that? Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this day. We longingly look forward to celebrating the birth of Jesus. Father, we ask that you would help us. Help us to be an example of your love. Let people see in us the hands and feet of Jesus. Maybe even let them see in us the teachings of Joseph that we've learned through Jesus. Father, help us to be bold and faithful for you. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.